Football Pod on OTB Sports. I think they'll have too much. I didn't hear a word you said in the last 45 seconds. What? Breaking news here on the Football Pod. The Football Pod is available every Tuesday exclusively on the OTB Sports app. Now you're welcome along Football Show. Dan McDonald of the Irish Independent is in studio. Hello, Dan. Hi, Joe. Interesting evening developing in the Premier League, perhaps. So it's Stamford Bridge where there are empty seats, sanction induced empty seats we're uh, reading well we're missing or they're missing a, a thriller in person Chelsea 2 Arsenal 3 is where we are after an hour extraordinary game really so it kicked off in the 13th minute in Kedia with the opener for Arsenal then Timo Werner on 17 minutes made it 1-0 it took a massive deflection it was a little bit scuffed but Timo's not going to say no it was from outside the area that made it 1-0 27 minutes then Smith Rowe made a 2-1 Arsenal Odegaard with the assist and then on 32 minutes Azpilicueta with a truly deft finish mm. the finish of an experienced grizzled old centre forward who knows his way around the penalty area yeah that's a good description and then on 57 minutes Enkedia again 3-2 yeah. Arsenal and Katia and Smith Rowe it's very, I actually I mean I'm not like the Arsenal story sometimes it's a bit repetitive it's the same story again and again oh look there's Arsenal but uh, you know messing things up or they're soft or whatever like the, the various incarnations of it but um, I sort of quite like the Smith Rowe story and Katia because but particularly Smith Rowe because he's been far more prominent because when they were in the Europa League in 2020 and they played Dundalk it was obviously the B team that played it was like the the Arsenal reserves a lot of the time and Smith Rowe got chances to play in those games and you're sort of watching going yeah he looks very good but I mean they're all going to look very good mm. you know like I mean Joe Willock would have been involved in those games too and a couple of other players who maybe hasn't pushed on at Arsenal but it's a bit like you know uh, Harry Kane played for Spurs against Shamrock Rovers in 2011 and you're thinking okay yeah this guy he scored his first goal for Spurs in Tala you know, in a, in a group game. And Smith Rowe would have been prominent for Arsenal in those games. I remember speaking to a couple of the Dundalk players and they all had different names that they picked out of players that stood out that wouldn't be obvious. Um, and now you're looking at Smith Rowe, who's like a... I think he's a top player. I mean, it's actually probably... Uh, England's depth of talent is pretty decent that he's not sort of mm. one that you know a lot of other countries would be probably starting him you know um, but really this game is thrilling and all but it sort of feels like the big story is happening elsewhere Certainly so far 50 minutes on the clock nil all between Manchester City and Brighton 50 minutes Man City at home nil all the other two games by the way at Goodison Harvey Barnes has Leicester City 1-0 up against Everton That's a big game too actually to yeah. be fair yeah An hour gone in that game and Newcastle Almiron are 1-0 up at home to Crystal Palace. But the headline news, I suppose, is thus far Man City being held by Brighton and Everton at Goodison, 1-0 down to Leicester City. 50 minutes is just a touch too early, I would think, for Liverpool fans to get too hopeful. No, Brighton have a good away record, though. And um, I suppose, like, just given the story of the title race, I mean, maybe it's not a big deal just for the fact that City had that big lead and then all of a sudden they're playing a decent side or being a bit tricky and um, just following the reports at the first half because we're seeing the Chelsea-Arsenal game we're not seeing City. I mean, it seems like they've had chances but it hasn't been sort of a you know, bodies, limbs, everything on the line or something like, you know, Brighton have done a good professional job um, of, of containing and keeping them out. Um, but it is a sort of a test of discipline. I mean, a lot of these top sides, um, 
you know they're, they're, they're probably used to that really the weight of pressure pays off later on in a game particularly one like City who keeps the ball that it's just the concentration and the the levels just eventually slip that's why you see a lot of top teams winning the goals late and people say oh is it a bit of luck or something it's not it's because just they, was, they wear down the resistance of teams eventually well to that point it's been 65% possession Man City and they have had 8 shots Brighton have had no shots mm. that kind of an evening but stranger things have happened Pep has uh, decided to change goalkeepers from the weekend so Ederson is back in goal strongest team possible really or as strong as he needs it to be Cancelo John Stones Laporte Nathan Aki midfield is De Bruyne Rodri Gundogan and then front three Mares, Phil Foden Bernardo Silva Yeah De Bruyne back is significant didn't Pep and Graham Potter have some episode last year wasn't it did Potter um, did he apologise for over celebrating when Brighton beat City uh, with, with previously Pep having sort of raved about Potter and I think then Potter they, they won a game towards the end of last season and then he maybe celebrated a goal um, went a bit OTT had to apologise subsequently so there's a little bit of a little bit of history there a little bit of something let's turn to events at Anfield last night waiting patiently Mark Lawrenson we appreciate it how you doing? I'm all good thanks I'm even better as the minutes tick by <laughs> getting interesting getting interesting certainly if, if Brighton can hang on to last 10 minutes then suddenly an enormous amount of psychological pressure is heaped on City then yeah and and you know Brighton Brighton are better defensively than they are in an attacking sense they're extremely well organised and you know they stay on the feet all the time they don't dive in in terms of the tackles and hey they might just hold out you never know do you Anfield last night let's start with some positives yeah. uh, there are times where you watch a match and you just have to say man it was a pleasure to watch that player do his thing and Thiago mm-hmm. last night was just a pleasure for everybody to watch and it was amazing even about you know 10-15 minutes into the game the crowd at Anfield were starting to realise bloody hell this guy's having a fairly extraordinary game and started singing his name and just as it went on he was like move out of the way give me the ball he was going by people the beautiful passes even putting in some slide tackles as well it was really phenomenal his best game for Liverpool? Um yeah, but he's he's had he's had quite a few like this. I mean, I'm I'm afraid I have to say I'm his biggest fan. I absolutely love him, and you know, with your boys in the morning, I'm always raving about him. He just he makes the game look ridiculously easy, and he has the ability where he he's looking to pass it somewhere, and he passes it somewhere completely different, and he does everybody with their eyes. But he, the fitter he gets, the better he gets. He sees things in some of the games that the other midfield players for Liverpool don't see. Um, and he's a top, top player. And, he, and he, Klopp absolutely loves him. And, and by the way, have you, have you seen his record in terms of the stuff he's won? Certainly, obviously, Barca and, and then Bayern. And he's a, he is a serial winner. And this season, um, he's been more available than any of the previous seasons before. And he's obviously, as I say now, he's fitter and stronger. And he's just an absolutely joy to watch socks down straight away puts his foot in yeah I just I love him I love him I think he's brilliant he was showing off a little bit as well like the box of tricks yeah out. yeah 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 well you would do against Man United if you're 9-0 <laughs> up on aggregate I mean you, sometimes you just got to give it to them haven't you because they would have done it the other way around but you know what I thought the, the, the other thing about last night as well was how good the crowd were with the Ronaldo thing and then what I thought was absolutely fab after the uh 
after the applause, they sang You'll Never Walk Alone. Yeah. And I think they sang that to Ronaldo. Not, it wasn't case, you know, this oh, is totally. the Yeah, totally. So, yeah. Um, and the atmosphere was was absolutely fab. It was a bit kind of bear baiting at times, but I mean, Manchester United, I mean, God knows where they're going to go. I, I really seriously don't know. And and whether Ten Hag or whatever, whether he's actually going to come, I'm not sure. What The more he's seen of them, he must think, oh, my God, what, mm. what am I going to let myself into or in, in for? Dan. We have a goal. Of, uh, Mark Lawrence and jinxed it. Jinxed it. They uh, got to 54 minutes, but um, Riyad okay. Mahrez has scored for Man City, so they're 1-0 up. So I suppose Brighton are just going to have to... I don't know. I know. I don't think they're a part. I mean, in fairness, I mean, they're not a park to bus team. They're just well. You know, they're they're good at defending, but yeah. um, they they have a they have a threat. So they're just going to have to 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 push it push it out now. We need I, to get a shot Dan, in now. Yeah. Need to shoot Dan, now. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, though, Dan. That what the are at scoring goals after ninety plus minutes. They are actually, yeah. They've had a couple in recent weeks, haven't they? So um, the Spurs game, loads. of course. The Spurs game, of course. Yeah. Loads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so. I, I agree with you. I'm glad you, you mentioned the Ronaldo gesture. I thought it was fantastic because there's always the yeah. worry that morons might try and do something very silly well, there, and and they didn't. And it was it was more than just a tepid round of applause or not everyone applauding. It was a really genuine, was, widespread yeah. round of yeah. applause. And then you'll never look, walk alone. It's the perfect song for a moment like that. I just thought it was fantastic. Well, you know. Hmm. The other thing is, yeah, you, you, you well, you'll know anyway. But you know, you, you know, we know what Liverpool fans have been through, don't we? Heysel and Hillsborough, and all those kind of things. So they absolutely, totally got it. I mean, I was in the posh seats as well. My mates got a box, but everybody, even in the posh seats, everybody stood up, everybody applauded, and everybody sung the song. You had some guests in who were actually Norwich City fans. These these four people, business people, and stuff, and. They were just saying throughout the game, we have never, ever, ever witnessed or seen anything like this because obviously dear old Norwich is, you know, it's good in its own way, but it's that the atmosphere last night was, we've seen many fantastic European nights, fortunately played in one or two of them and that was as good as anything, really seriously was. Quite an interesting period just after half time where I don't know, was it down to United's change in formation or... As Paul Scholes said on the TV coverage he was part of, Liverpool just got a bit bored. But regardless, yeah. regardless, there was a moment certainly where Van Dijk was too casual early on and the TV cameras, so you were at the game, you might not have been seen at all on TV or maybe you were inside in the posh seats actually no, just no, finishing off the buffet no, no. and watching it on TV. <laughs> BA, BA I was, listen, by the way, start to the second half, I was the only one outside. There was okay. still stuff in the faces inside. Well, well, I'll tell you what the Norwich folk were seeing. They would have seen Andy Robertson after Van Dijk was very casual, like really like give it, he was like applauding but in an aggressive way as if to say wake up man we're not going to let this slip in any kind of silly way he's Dutch <laughs> well everyone Dutch. everyone had sort of slipped a touch and it was very fitting then it was Robertson who pounced on that very straight pass and initiated Liverpool's third goal and again yeah. like for the trillionth time we're saying the same things over and over again but I did think to myself he is just a phenomenal player Andy Robson he really and he, he had a bit of a low patch I thought at some and at a point this season his crossing wasn't as good or he wasn't maybe peak of his powers but he's back mm-hmm. where, wherever he was geez he's back yeah well he, he, you know him and Trent against City away actually had a poor game I mean I know I know they made a goal but defensively those two were a little bit all over the place and, and in that game especially Liverpool hadn't played a team like Manchester City for a long time, they've been, you know, keep winning, 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 winning. I think they got a little bit of a shock and 
and, and certainly City did their homework and, you know, the number of balls that they got in, in wide areas behind the full-backs and also behind the two centre-backs was a little bit worrying, but obviously they, they kind of rolled with that and got that early equaliser, but yeah, he's just he's just a mad Scotsman, isn't he, Andy Robertson? And I mean, the amount of running those two do himself and, and Trent is just amazing. I mean, if, if if you look at the first goal, what the hell was Trent doing out on the right wing in in Manchester United's half? I mean, him and Salah were holding hands, weren't they, when they when they were going through? Mm. So um, the great thing about it is that is, is the manager loves it, doesn't he? And the thing also with him is he's prepared occasionally that they, they might concede because they are so good going forward. But why why would you ever stop them going forward? And this whole thing with uh, with Southgate and, and, and Trent is just just amazing. Obviously, Southgate doesn't think that Trent's defensively good enough. Oh, my goodness me. I mean, he'll win your games. I mean, his passing is just out of this world it's like a, a like a midfield general and actually people say why well, doesn't he play in midfield well that's completely different because then obviously you're on the half turn and it's it's mm. not the same mm. but the great thing for him is he comes onto the ball he does he, generally there's nobody not too many people in front of him he's got time to to, to to bring the ball down have a good look up and as I say his delivery is his delivery is better than uh, than Robertson but but only just who has a better right foot from open play Beckham or Trent I'd have to go for Beckham, wouldn't you, at the moment? But I mean, how old's Trent? 22, 23, if that? I would have thought. But Beckham was, Beckham was magnificent. Or, or actually, you know what I should have answered? Go on. Tiago. Huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but look, you know, it's just, and I, and I know, and I know from being down at uh, at Kirby a few times at the, new, at the training ground and stuff, and the, these lads, obviously. The, they train really hard under Klopp. They, they really do. They have they have a little bit of fun as well with it. But you know they train really hard. But you know they, they stay behind all the time, and it's just they just want to make themselves better. And and you know the number of times last night people say to you, do you, th- do you think they win the four? Do you think they'll do this? Do you think they'll do that? And I don't think at all they think about that. And I know Klopp wouldn't have any of it in the dressing room, but. You will have a little sly thing, right? Wow, we could actually be the first team ever. And the great thing at the moment is, I think everybody's fit. Everybody that you needs to be fit is fit. Competition for places, five strikers. Uh, um, seems like umpteen midfield players. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, Canati obviously, who's come every every game, is improving all the time, and he's suddenly developed a, a nice taste for scoring as well. And Everything's great, but it's football, and you just you just never ever know, do we? Just you know, just maybe if Alisson got injured or Van Dijk around, please God. But hey, we just they're just gonna, they're just going to keep going. And the great thing is, and Dan will know this as well, is that you know if you keep winning, you could play every single day. And by the way, it's a million times better than training. Mm. Yeah, look, it, I don't know. It's a hard question. It even seems like, and you would notice from going regularly, that they're they're almost even more exciting to watch now than the league-winning team of yeah. what two seasons ago. It feels like now. I don't know. Is that you know because there was a the burden of pressure a couple of years ago to get across that line, but it just feels like it's even more. I don't know, expansive or explosive now. I don't know. Is that your sense yeah. of it at all? Well, yeah, I have. And I mean, Klopp said this is the best squad and team he's had. I mean, just as I say, the five, the five players for the three forward positions. And I mean, 
every week about an hour and a half before the teams um before the teams come out we're, we're all playing the guessing game Who, who's he going to play i mean you know the diaz fella i mean crikey he's uh he's he's been unbelievable i mean he's he's hardly been i don't know how long he's been there but it feels like ages but i know that it's not but he, he's just taken to it like a duck to water and the great thing about him and 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 why the punters love him is not the fact that, you know, he scores and he goes past people. But if he gets tackled, he'll come back and whack somebody himself. He's he's a tough little so-and-so. And, you know, those kind of Colombian players, I mean, people say he reminds every, everybody about, you know, with Suarez and stuff like that. And I, and I get it. Because, you know, Suarez was basically brought up by his auntie and his uncle, but late, late was in the streets more than ever, and and this fellow's a little bit of a street fella, uh, street fighter, and there's nothing of him. When you stand up next to him, he's actually skin and bone. Mm. But um, you know, I mean, the signing of him has just been magnificent when you think about it. And I mean, I go on about this all the time, but the the recruitment of the players at the football club has been nothing short of fantastic, and the number of players that they bought in between the 30 and 40 million bracket who are good players, but Liverpool are making them into absolutely outstanding players. And 30, 40 million now is is not a lot of money. So the recruitment side of that team, well, there you go. Look look at Man United's recruitment and look at Liverpool's recruitment. So um, as the United manager said last night, that they are six years behind uh, Liverpool. And he's, he's absolutely right. So... And even the old guards are still doing it. I mean, Salah, amazing again. And Mane, who I, I think it was mentioned even on the TV commentary last night, and it, w- it was worth mentioning, starts off on the right, Salah comes, mm. moves over to the left. Now he's playing through mm. the middle. And mm. like the pass for Salah's goal, I, I, like, I, I'd have to listen to it back, but I'd say the whole stadium was caught by it. I was caught by it. Like it was amazing. Um, I, the vision and even Salah afterwards say, kind of joked but I don't even think he was joking I think he said afterwards I wasn't expecting him to play it he made the run he made the run but he didn't know if he'd been seen and geez, it was just fantastic yeah well listen but it's uh, I think what's happening is is that that competition for places with those five is just spurring them on and didn't the didn't the front three all score and assist last night I think that's right so you know they'll be getting the kicked out the kick out the fact that they're making goals for the for the striking partners as well which is always good so then you've got a, another competition within a competition which is which is great so um yeah, yeah long mate continue didn't want to fall into the very easy trap of starting with manchester united so liverpool are in a wonderful place and the remainder of the season is going to be just fascinating it's hard mm. to know what to say about united they like in the for the first half in particular and really for most of the game they were beyond abysmal, like, and it was also well, the most predictable abysmal you could ever have predicted. You know, like in terms yeah. of, of predictions in in a game between Liverpool and Manchester United, this was the most uh, predict- predictably awful performance there's ever been. Well, they couldn't they couldn't get out. That was the first thing. I mean, they got out once in the first half when uh, Rashford, whose, whose touch wasn't great, um, which isn't a surprise because he's not not been great for a long, long time. But that was the only time really. That they, they managed to get out of their own half. And um, I mean, Pogba, was he injured? I'm, I'm not quite sure, but he, he kind of limped off. And then when he got past the touchline, I'm sure I saw him jogging up the tunnel to the bath. <laughs> but I mean, you know, you've got, look, you can't, I feel a bit sorry for Rani because he was always going to take the job. And why wouldn't you? And he knew it's just temporary. But, but once you put 
somebody in charge like that, maybe for two or three weeks while you're trying to sign a manager, we get that. But you can't say he's going to be there for five or six months because straight away, the players who don't play in the dressing room, they're all, well, stuff in because he's going in May and I've got a contract and I'm all right, Jack. And that, you know, and that, that's the, the biggest problem for me because we know the dressing room's not right, but that's, to me, the main reason because they're not they're not pulling in the same way we used to say at Liverpool. You know, it's no good having sixteen teas and one coffee, um, and that's that's just the way that they are. And then obviously, you know, Ronaldo's a personality in, in himself. He's got fifteen goals for them, but obviously, you know, you, you have to, you have to fit him in because he gets the goals, but he he doesn't help the way that they play. And, and in fact, you know, if if you just look at Manchester United, how do they play? We don't, we don't know. We, I, I can't remember one game this season, and I've seen loads of them, where they've played for 90 minutes. And it's just, it's bizarre. It really is bizarre. And you kind of, do, do we think they're fit enough? Do we think we're strong enough? I mean, the, the, the young kid who came on and had a kick at one or two, and I heard Gary Neville saying, and I, and I get what he's saying, is at least they came on and thought, you know, come on then, this is Man United Liverpool. I've never, ever seen a Man United team that didn't tackle in a game against Liverpool, no matter whether they're top, bottom, or in in the middle, and it was it was embarrassing to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean at half time, it was looking very worrying, and they rallied a touch, but only a touch. Yeah, yeah it, like, like it's, yeah. I mean, I know, and you're in the ground, like Lord, the, that first goal. I know you can pause. Um, you can pause any goal maybe at a point in time and, and you'll you know you can find a flaw in it but I mean their defensive line is sort of all over the place and is that sort of something that's very obvious in the, in the ground just watching it it's like well what actually is as you said like what are they trying to do here um, because it just seemed like they were conceding all different types of goals as well it wasn't just one type of goal it seemed to be vulnerable in, in a number of areas which in fairness I mean it, it has to come back to some degree of organisation from management too yeah I mean I think the thing I mean they changed it at half time didn't they mm. and Obviously, t- took Jones off. Well, that was always going to be a problem because he's, he hadn't, he hadn't really played. I felt a bit sorry for him because he didn't really know where he was playing. In all honesty, mm. um, and and I bet, he was, I bet when they named his t- the team, he must have thought, did he actually say my name? <laughs> um, but that's but that's where they are, and it's not. You know, people say they didn't try, they didn't do this, they didn't do whatever. They they just actually don't know what they're doing. You know, they've got talent. There's no doubt about that. And that makes it worse. But they, they, they don't know what they're doing. I mean, you, you, just watching them. And I'm so, I was on the halfway line where, where, where I was sat and everything. And sometimes I just watched them without the ball. And they were just, they, they just didn't know. And they didn't, you know, they didn't try and push up. And consequently, they couldn't get out of their own half. They couldn't, they couldn't get any of the ball anyway. But they, they never really had a, had a sequence of passing. In Liverpool's half, you know, I mean, one of the goals Liverpool scored, it was umpteen passes and everything. But but Manchester United were, were maybe two, three passes at the most in, in Liverpool's half. And then, of course, because of the way that Liverpool pressed, they kept pinching the ball back off the menu. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, was, it, it felt it did feel a little bit. It, it was. It actually felt, I actually felt sorry for them thinking, you know, imagine playing in that team. You think, what the hell's happening here? It's. 
Uh, it's a real difficult one, and he changed it around at half time, and, and and rightly so. But it improved it a little bit. But as as we discussed before, I think Liverpool just having a bit of a breather then before they kicked mm. on again. Yeah, it's falling apart. They're pushing for fourth, but really they all want the season to be over. It's gone two 0 between Manchester City and Brighton. Uh, Phil Foden has scored. Did you hear that by the way, Dan? As well, posh seats number one on the halfway line. Yeah, he just I dropped mean, that in there. Just yeah. dropped. Well, that listen, in there. this is how the other listen, half live. Boys, boys, if you're going to do it, do it properly. Correct. Can I ask you one last question? I, 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 your your, your centre-half hat. It seems to me that Harry Maguire is perfer- perfecting the art of stepping into no man's land. So I'm, I'm thinking in particular of that first goal where Dallow was sucked up the left-hand side and you mentioned mm. Trent Alexander-Arnold and Salah are, are running from deep. This would be a fairly routine pattern, I would think, in professional football. Suck a defender out and run in behind. And so yeah. ball goes into Mane's feet. And at that stage, you're, you're praying that... Maguire retreats and goes with the runners and lets Mane have it in on the halfway line or if he's going to go with Mane smash him foul him don't let him play the yeah. pass and he yeah. st- he steps with Mane but he's 10 yards away from him and Mane slips the pass around the corner and they're gone and then he did it again for the fourth goal okay he gave a terrible pass and that's yeah. not great but again at that crucial decision making moment that you would have been in, in a thousand times where you can either gamble or you can be a bit conservative and stay in the play as long as possible again he does neither and steps into no man's land and no, I'm, just, he's, I'm he's, just thinking surely he didn't do that five years ago no he didn't his, 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 his head's all over the place Absolutely, his head's all over the place. But I mean, the the, the, the bottom line is is that, you know, if you're in that position, and you're not playing well, just pretend you're a pessimist. I mean, that's yeah. you, you just got to. At the very least, if if you retreat, you you're buying yourself a chance of maybe sometime getting a tackle in, or you know, or even stopping somebody illegally. But um, his his head's full of mush, um, yeah. as as they all are. I mean, just. Dallow and um, Juan Bissaka and all that. I mean, the, the lot of them just looked like they met in the pub and just said, "Well, you play there, you play there, and we'll see how it goes." And, and I mean, that's a little bit over dramatic, but they, they were just, it just the decision making of the whole team last night was really, really poor. And I mean, the best player of, of, of Manchester United this season is a goalkeeper. He's been he's been head head and shoulders above anybody. I mean, he wasn't particularly great last night, but generally, he's he's been by far the best player. He's kept them in so many games. It's it's frightening, and I feel a bit sorry for Harry Maguire as well. As well, I mean, you know, England fans all coated him and all those kind of things and stuff. But um, he's suddenly become a bad player. But he's he's not a bad player when um you know when he's got his head together. It's just got a little bit of a lack of pace and by the way you do not want to to face those front three if you're not quick because you'll need five yard start at least Mm. Thank you so much for the time much appreciated Mark No worries Mark Lawrenson with us there giving us thoughts on Liverpool 4 Manchester United now our football coverage brought to you by Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports 2-0 Man City 3-2 Arsenal a very short break back with Dan McDonnell in just a moment Brian in Dublin, hi lads. Notwithstanding how poor United are at present, I feel you're doing Liverpool a disservice by concentrating on United's failings. I would contend at least two of the goals were absolutely brilliant. I don't think any defence could have coped with the speed touch finishing displayed on Mane's pass to Salah. Perfection, joy to behold. And no, I'm not a Liverpool fan. Brian in Dublin. 
That was nice. Well, we started with Liverpool. Absolutely. In no. fairness, it's an important caveat that he's not a Liverpool fan because there does seem to be a, a, a class of Liverpool fan who just like who can't even enjoy a four 0 win <laughs> over Manchester. They have to be offended by some grievance or other, like a Martin Tyler's commentary isn't enthusiastic enough or something like that. You know, that type of thing. I really though can't get over Harry Maguire's decision making. But it's just, I mean, but the thing about it is, okay, no, like that, that's, a, I, I, I don't really watch that. Like, I mean, it is stating the obvious. I mean, it's, it's bad. But, like, it is a Liverpool Manchester United game. When the opposing team is that much of a rabble, that is a talking point. You just can't, like, it would be the same if, if Manchester United had pulled Liverpool apart 4 0. Like, you would have, you know, in that manner, you know, it is a completely valid talking point. I mean, how can you get away from it? You know, it's sort of, um, and I think there's an acknowledgement. Like, I think Liverpool and Man City games are games now where you admire the brilliance of the protagonists. Um, but, you know, the, when you when Liverpool are killing teams like you would expect them to be picking apart, I don't know, take a pick of Watford or someone. But when they're doing it to Manchester United, it's not just about their brilliance, it's about the fact that Manchester United are a shambles. You can't, shambles, yeah. can't get away from that. Alisson had more passes than the entire Manchester United midfield. 9-0 uh, on aggregate then this season, Liverpool mm. against United. Take a guess, Dan. 9-0, that's the most emphatic aggregate score Liverpool over Manchester United in English league football since. Have a stab at the year. Oh, 86 or something like that, is it? I don't know. Since ever. It was since a true question. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was that was a good question. That was a good moment, Joe. Uh, you seem quite happy with yourself. The for that. nine goals, the victories, isn't it? Oh, Arsenal four, Chelsea two, penalty. Saka penalty. Saka yeah. penalty. Saka. Yes. Yeah, he likes a penalty. Redemption. Yeah, not quite a Stuart Pearce style celebration. The nine goals Liverpool scored against United in the league this season is the most they have conceded to one team over a single campaign since. I just probably, I'm not even answering this question because it's probably a trick so I'm not even going forever I'm not even going forever there. they've never lost 9-0 against a side that's why it's a talking point not least when it's Manchester United United have conceded more this season than Burnley was looking again at the money they've spent since 2012 the last 10 years they have spent 1.54 billion this is sterling they have received 470 back so they have spent 1.075 billion on players the question was asked of uh, Sunes to Keane how many players there get in the Liverpool team the answer being obviously none mm. <laughs> so Ralph Rangnick is uh, talking about how long it's going to take to sort Manchester United out going through the team if you were to be brutal here so starting with the back line Juan Bissaka not good enough on the ball ultimately like if we're talking to challenge so he's gone Maguire you're keeping Maguire on the basis that he just can't be this bad and he was once upon a time very decent. But Maguire has to be your junior centre-half partner. You're putting Maguire with like a Van Dijk who'll bring his level up. Yeah, okay. So Maguire will keep. Lindelof, I think, ultimately has been okay. He's your 21st man, centre-half. Uh, Varane, it's hard to know with Varane. It's been a bad first season. Admittedly, all hell has broken out around him. But Varane, the jury, is now out. Bai has to go. Tellez just so meh and then Shaw I think at this stage you have to be realistic Shaw had this wonderful brief period but it's not See, looking good how many of these okay I don't want to stop you as you go through the entire let me keep going oh, sorry 
go through the squad. So I'll, out of that, I'll make my sweeping generalization out of that, this whole point, the whole point of this. Out of that back four, we'll keep Maguire, keep Varane, because it'd be wrong to sell him in a season. He gets next season to prove himself. And then at a push, anyone else there is a squad player. We're talking first, yeah, first 11, 12, 13 here to win the league. Then we're into midfield. Pogba gone, of his own choosing. I mean, they're still daft enough to be still offering him half a million a week mm. to stay. But thankfully for them... Sells a lot of merchandise. Pogba going. Everton have scored an injury time, by the way, to get a draw. Big, wow. So, it's a big point, potentially. Wow, okay. Anyway, sorry. Cajones, mm. or to use Frank's word. <laughs> I'm not going to use it, even after the watershed. Pogba gone. Uh, McTominay, yes, stays, absolutely. Has character, has a work rate, has fitness, yes. Fred. Fred's an interesting one. Fred's my 15th man. Your 15th man, okay. He'll play some Premier League games, but he shouldn't be a starter. But he's not, let's not turf him out either. Bruno Fernandes. He's the first person you call into your office on day one. And you look him in the eye and you try and figure out if all of the theatrics and the hands in the air and the grumpiness and the kind of toxic presence, is that just your sheer frustration at what's enveloped the club? Or is that the type of player you are because the guy who first arrived excited and brilliant mm. has disappeared so you need to figure out which is the real Bruno that's your first meeting there's a few more meetings you have to have Juan Mata I'm looking forward to your tenure as manager I have to say how are they still giving Juan Mata millions of euro a year gone come on a great fella I also think why didn't Juan Mata go back to Spain and like boss it for some top eight club and have a better five years to his career he's probably happy Happy going around the rain in Manchester going to museums. Well, Get out of here. Could be one matter. You could have a discount rate. And then Cavani, he's out the door by his own vision. Yeah, he's not going to be part of the uh, term vision. The Greenwood, gone, Greenwood situation yeah. has obviously been Probably, completely yeah. unforeseeable. So he's, uh, I would say, not going to play for the club ever again. Nope. Uh, not that my sympathies are for uh, the football club in this instance. That's not the primary concern. So Greenwood, no. Cavani, no. Rashford. As Bruno Fernandes leaves the office, Rashford is sitting outside waiting to come in because he's your second appointment. Oh, okay. What's going on? Like, really? It's amazing where Rashford's fallen to. So I think Rashford was probably overhyped if he was able to get back to where he was then Rashford is a very very useful 14th man I suppose if you think about it like you know England came very close to winning the Euros last summer I mean Shaw Rashford yeah. Maguire you know they were in the, in the squad along with some Liverpool players I mean Trent wouldn't have been in it apart yeah. from the fact that you know, he was injured anyway yeah um, so you, you, know, see, you so. see him down you find is it is it personal is it physical is it psychological what's going on there but you would think there should be a place for Rashford uh, Sancho you keep Lingard's an interesting case I mean Lingard in a microcosm is the malaise of ultimately a lot of these players in that in another environment he looks bloody good whereas again at Manchester United he's not forcing his way into this very average team and you have to wonder why but I think you give Lingard a bit of a chance but again he's more of a squad player so to bring it back there, the only definites where you're saying you're in my 11 with a view to winning the league this are... Is what you're saying, yeah. That's what you're saying. what we're saying. No, no, it's, to be clear, it's your team. You're my number two. Not, I would not work for you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely no chance. Just have to tell you all the time your decisions were right. <laughs> <laughs> what, me and you are agreeing? Yeah. You're the Carrick. <laughs> no, not, honestly, if you want to do comparisons, I'm not sure what you are. You Joe. can be okay. I'll That's tell you what. One. Phil Thompson, Jared Hulier. No, no. Uh, keeper stays. Agreed. 
Tell me what you disagree with. Keeper, yes, as an 11, yeah? I spent a lot of time coaching you. We rehabilitate Maguire. What should I say in the press conference later? You'd, you'd definitely think a lot about that. I'm going to give her another chance, but we're saying new right back, new left back. Okay, here's my... Here's, my I'm about to get, here's the final tally. Oh, new right back, new left back. Ideally, a centre half is three. And then in midfield, McTominay stays... Bruno, we rehabilitate. You're good with the players, so Bruno's fine. But, but you, you need a you need a 50 million euro you're not just number six. A, a fundamental mistake here, which that Manchester United have made, is that they always think about building a team, yeah. but they have to build an identity before they build a team. All the Liverpool we have players, our identity. We're but, all, but all the Liverpool players slot into that identity. Here's my point: If yeah. Luis Diaz had joined Manchester United in January, how do you think we would speak about him now? It, it, like he would have gone into. Um, a shambles of a situation mm. probably wouldn't look very good mm-hmm. and would be probably derided as a failure and you could go through a list and go ah, wouldn't, wouldn't be having we, him we can still like there's there's members of that squad there who could maybe like thrive in a, in a completely different environment but the team needs to figure out how it needs to play for you know first and I, do you know what I mean like it's always been a team of individuals assessed but, whereas Liverpool like I, no, I, I do you know what I mean that. and I given. think that that's, that's, that's the thing so I think somebody's you know keeps you know go and all no, this but, but, but depends Dan, what Dan, way are you going to play maybe some of those players be really suited to the new way oh, that you're going to no, introduce no. let me take, put it this way uh, at right back he's not suited to a championship winning team regardless of your style not really left back is a problem they need a proper number six regardless of your no, style no I, I mean I, I take your point and they need probably three two to three forward players who are all going to cost in excess of 50-60 million so you're looking there at a spend of probably 300 million and the worst part is be it Juan Mata Pogba or whoever else Cavani Ronaldo there's no sell on value there they're not going to make a cent from any of those players, which is the extraordinary thing. Mm. Well, lucrative image rights and stuff, though, you know. Yeah. Locked so it's them. a dire situation. No, it is. I mean, it's, it is. It is grim. But I think the point is that Liverpool. This, this is why they're so far behind. The Liverpool are signing players to suit a system, you know, and, and that's half the battle. And then these players can flourish in that way, you know. And that's that's the fundamental thing that they don't have to start with is an identity, and then figuring out what players they need to play within that. Um, but they just seem to be constantly evaluating players individually and just sort of trying to throw them all together and see how it works and it's doomed to failure No that's that's true but I just think some of those players that I mentioned have to go regardless of style I, I don't want to disregard the work that you have done the rebuilding work you have done for your assistant free Someone tenure says that you're going to run that we're more like Clough and Taylor and Taylor signed the players so I can leave that to Dan Joe I'm happy to I'm just telling them what I need <laughs> this is how it worked I'm Cloughy saying Oi, this is what I need. Yeah. Right back, left back. Good with the press. I need a midfielder, at least a midfielder. Yeah. And I need three up top. Go work your magic. You know what happened, Clough and Taylor left, of course. Well, I, listen, I, I, I'm not saying I don't value you. Are you honestly including Bruno in this fake team, a total rumour of a player? Well, I'm saying he's first into my office for a discussion. Need to see, figure out see, what's going he, on see, he, Maybe he could be the first one that needs to go. Yeah, potentially. Bernardo's, if you're going to if you're going to create a team in this in in a particular way, you mm. know, that that would be my point. He was so good when he first arrived, though. I suspect he's just deeply frustrated with the yeah. awfulness of the situation. Somebody says, "No, no, no." With Lingard, he has no winning mentality. Out says Jim and Roscommon. It's hard to discount how well he did at West Ham, though. There was a real mm. player there. Yeah, no, it's true, and like, I mean, but even. Said like it's the squad game, isn't it? Like if you were to if you were to assess, I don't know, like 
Matip or various sort of fringe members not fringe maybe not the, the front liners Did you say Matic or Matip? No Matip I'm saying not the front liners in the Liverpool team okay. but you know clearly like good enough to function within the squad you know at various times you know Naby Keita are various players you could mention yeah. who aren't like their stars but they they work you know so maybe Lingard actually could function within uh, a particular structure where they need that where they need that well, that's that's why like well, he's of, not your first he's not your first 11 exactly man, one of point. one of but, te- but no first 11s win league anymore anyway no I take that points. point but one of Tellez or Shaw is good enough to be back up one like Fred is absolutely good enough to be absolutely good enough to be back up uh, Rashford absolutely good enough to be back up and Lingard absolutely yeah. good enough to be oh, no, Rashford has the ability to definitely be in, you know if, if things have gone a different way for him to be very prominent in that discussion you know if you're a counter-attacking side for example you know that's the way you play yeah can I play you a clip of Ralph Rangnick last night he was well, uh, talking in the I don't have a choice here you just got to make your decision <laughs> Scott Rins. you can't what if I said no just don't play it we well just, just play the clip okay so this is he was uh, talking about how he knew almost immediately when he got into the job that a complete rebuild as we've outlined uh, required we have to be critical with ourselves because what we played in the first 45 minutes was not in no area just what we wanted to 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 see and what we wanted to play in most of the first ball situations we were just spectators we were onlookers what was happening on the pitch and this is if you play like that against a team like liverpool then it's difficult if you cannot get hold of the ball if you cannot put at least a little bit of pressure on the ball against a team like Liverpool. Yeah, because we, we, we just didn't. We just didn't attack them. We didn't dare to attack them. It almost looked as if they were afraid to be outplayed. This is not only a question of quality of players. It's also a question of how they play together. What kind of mentality do they have? What kind of energy? What kind of physicality compared with, yeah, with speed, high speed? I would say they have 25 Formula One racing cars. In, in their squad. I don't think that they have mentally checked out. It's just a different level. They they have better players than we have, if you look at it in total. There will be a rebuild for sure, but right now that doesn't help us because we still have another five games to play. So that there has to be a rebuild for me was clear even when I came in, in December and after the first three or four weeks, for me that was obvious. But uh, right now it doesn't help and for us it's extremely um, embarrassing also as a coaching staff to have press conference, conferences like the one we have right now but we just have to admit they are better than us You can rarely fault what he says in public he's incredibly honest there so that's Man United Liverpool we've laboured the point United terrible Liverpool excellent is the short version mm. uh, widespread reports that Man City have agreed personal terms with Haaland talk of 500,000 sterling a week City are going to trigger his 75 million euro release clause could be announced within a week 33 goals and 31 this season for club and country Pep staying very quiet on that situation City now 3-0 up and then something I wanted to ask you about the attendances at the League of Ireland continue to really impress there were 7,500 at Tallah Stadium on Friday another 5,500 then on Monday and if we look at average attendance, and I appreciate we are very early into the 2022 yeah. season here, but nonetheless, average attendance in 2019, the season we had pre-COVID, 
versus average attendance 2022. So Tala in 2019, 3,445. Tala this season, 5,751, which is a huge jump. We have uh, Daily Mount, 2,875 in 2019. We have Oriel Park, 2,270 in 19. Let me give one that I have a comparison of. Yeah, the Brandywell. Brandywell, 2,756 in 2019. This season, it's up to 3,700, which again is a... And some cases, like, jump. I mean, the Bows one, you don't really have much of a comparison because they were selling out games in 2019 and still are. Like, Derry are as well, too. Like, I mean, a lot of games are selling... Like Here's a good one. The Richmond. upper limit isn't that hard. Yeah, Richmond R- is interesting. Richmond, 1,990 in 2019, which is poor enough, actually. Yeah. You know, yeah. That has jumped massively now to just shy of 5,000 average 4,911 yeah I mean I don't know maybe it is I mean I, I surprises that high? I'm, I'm not sure that the average is that high to be honest but it's definitely they've had that at a couple of games I would have thought to be one or two games would have brought that down okay. but anyway, it doesn't really matter like the, the general point stands that um, there is something happening like I'm sort of used to I go to games every week and now every week I'm going to a stadium now generally I might be going to one or two of the better games you know the sort of top end games but even on Monday I was up in Drada you know playing Derry Drada sort of probably a likely a mid-table side and just a real buzz crowd you know seems to be quite a few people you know not that many empty seats other games are selling out I mean the Tala thing is very striking you know seven and a half thousand people there against Pats on Good Friday a game that's a big game but it wasn't one that needed a week long build up or something it's almost like it's sort of habitual now that people are going and I wondered would it drop off and there's still a danger it might drop off of course as teams drop out of contention but it feels like a little bit more real and a bit less of a of a temporary thing and maybe more of a um, maybe clubs are working harder to keep people coming back I mean the Pats one I think they got to the cup final last year got a lot of casual fans to come back and then they seem to have maybe kept them mm. you know and, and that's what they seem to have done um, but I mean some of the games in Dublin like it's actually very hard to get a ticket at the moment which is it's really biz- you know it's it's bizarre and you can't get complacent about it because you always have to work but I mean like it is impressive because you're talking about like fans have to go a sort of you know 20 30 times a season you know to you know what i mean like for all their teams home games maybe not like other codes in the country we might have four or five big games to get people going consistently is hard yeah. you know and there will be slumps at times but um it is definitely in a promising place at the moment but still you know some of the facilities pitches could be better to really like really drive home this because my slight concern would be um, the product is very good in Tala great ground yeah. good pitch well maintained some other places are getting good crowds this year and, and maybe the pitch and some other stuff isn't great and you just hope you don't look at it as a as a missed opportunity but yeah no there is there's something happening in terms of I think increased interest for whatever reason yeah mm. there was a dismissal today yeah well Ian Morris has, who lost his job at Shells to make way for Damien Duff um, has left Waterford um, after 10 games of the season think about the first division this year you've got Waterford, Cork and Galway three teams are like full time in a division which has never had that before which shows the desperation to get back into that Premier and, and be competitive um, Waterford had that mad Mark Bertram saga last year shouldn't have gone down lost the playoff to UCD big pressure to get back up they lost to Cork and Galway over the weekend and they've acted um, so it probably just shows the attrition rate maybe for, for managers trying to get clubs up can be 
can be bruising in, in all countries and, and it's extended to him in this situation here but he's he's young enough he's only 35 and he's already got a fair bit of managerial experience and I think sometimes unfortunately losing your job is part of it Full time at Stamford Bridge Chelsea 2 Arsenal 4 big win for Arsenal this evening a big point for Everton against Leicester City a one all draw Dan mentioned they got an equaliser uh, Newcastle keep on winning a 1-0 win against Crystal Palace they're shooting up the table and in the end it's gone full time Manchester City 3-0 winners uh, against Brighton so comfortable at the full time whistle our football show coverage is brought to you by Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports You're welcome back so Man City uh, beating Brighton as we mentioned Dan it's near impossible to predict what 14 matches or are they down to 6 now or is it 7 6 I'm actually not entirely sure I, and I don't I mean this is bad if I don't I wonder are they all going to be playing at different times or how many games they have left yeah, at the same know. times because there's always a pressure of who plays first in a weekend yeah. that sort of you know if I was uh, if you were forced to guess I really think the most likely outcome is they'll both win all their remaining fixtures yeah it just feels that way it is like I think the I think City have to play Villa like I think Liverpool have the hardest they do have a harder run in yeah um, Merseyside Derby okay Everton are bang average but they might be galvanised a bit and, and then their first game after their Champions League game is Newcastle away 12 o'clock BT yeah. clock not happy I think they both have to play Wolves don't they I think they might both, who are who are good you know so and City have had one or two issues against them before and Liverpool um, have Spurs in there but again almost Almost regardless of opposition, it just feels like. Yeah, but the sequence is a, is a fair point to make. It's the Champions League semi finals when they come in, the first game out of that. There's a few variables that can throw it around, but I agree with you. I mean, the reason I think City are going to win the league is because they're one point ahead at the moment, mm. you know? Mm. And, and that's that's sort of the, the strongest reason for, for believing that. Mm. Yeah. If both of them are tuned in, which they are, and not destroyed by injuries. You know, mm. it's very hard to see it going the other way. It's going to be fascinating, and then that's not to mention Champions League. I do like the way by the way with the quadruple talk. It's like, oh, well, the Champions League is in the bag. It's more the it's the league. Can they win the league? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's, 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 yeah. It would be just typical if they lost to Villarreal or something, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, it's like you get you get too engrossed in something, and then you just get sucker punched at the wrong time. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. No, Emery is a fantastic knockout record in competitions, but again. You kind of need to study where the lead, where the first leg comes in around league games, and and it's actually a small bit conscious of it. Like that, something both teams probably have a slip of some description in them somewhere. It just might hit them in Europe, maybe as opposed to the league. You yeah, know, it's hard to see it at mm. the moment. Anyway, we'll uh, watch it all unfold. It's the fun part of the season. That is us pretty much done. OTB AM back tomorrow morning. Nicholas Roach will be on. Colin Boyle. I will be on so tune in from half past seven across our social media channels and you can download the app and stream the show that way as well uh, you can podcast all of tonight's show really good show we had Tommy Welch talking hurling Andy Dunn and Jerry Thornley and rugby we had Katie McCabe on the show as well Dan and Mark Lawrence here on the football show Tom Dunn is on the way next <laughs>